0: hey everyone welcome to a very special Lines Super Bowl prop betting show I am your host Nicole Russo alongside Medi- managing editor of the lines.com Stephen Andres and we are excited to be filming this show on Radio Row in Phoenix for the Super Bowl Stephen how you feeling about being here?
1: It's kind of weird that we're in the same room doing a show for the first <laughs> time. I mean, we're usually in a virtual studio. I don't, it's weird offices. looking at you, yeah, exactly. Like, first time post-pandemic, we've been on an actual set here for the show, but I'm really excited. It's not only the Super Bowl, it's the first Super Bowl in a state where it's actually legal to bet on it. Yeah. After all these years of what we do being taboo, and we have an amazing Caesar Sportsbook prop catalog to choose from, Yes. our entire staff is going to be a a lot of fun. It's going to be
0: a fun show and thank you to caesar sportsbook for hosting us and for the omaha network for hosting us as well as you can see we are on their set today and we're going to be taking a look like steven said at that caesar's prop betting catalog which is one of the biggest prop betting catalogs released each year in time for the big game and we're going to take a look at all those markets and honestly some of them we see only come around once a year for the Super Bowl now the line staff is going to be joining us virtually to go over what bets they like and what bets they're making for this big matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles on Sunday and we have some special guests joining us as well at the end so stay tuned Stephen Any last minute words for the intro before we get into these prop betting markets?
1: Listen, if if you're a novice better, Nicole, the the prop catalog for the Super Bowl could be really overwhelming, right? There's a million things (laughs) in there, it seems like. I think
0: there's actually (laughs) thousands, I was going to say. Caesars releases, I believe, thousands and thousands of prop catalogs. So you're right, it can be overwhelming.
1: Right. Well, we've done the work for everybody, right? We've gone through every aspect of this catalog. We have looked at quarterbacks and running backs and touchdown props and everything you can think of. This show will help you navigate that, what we think is the best value in each of those categories to help you make smarter bets here for the Super Bowl.
0: All right, let's jump into it, and we're going to kick things off with one of the most popular prop bets that Caesars releases every year. It's one of the fun ones and one of the ones that you can actually only bet during the Super Bowl, and that is going to be the coin toss. Now, obviously, every NFL regular season game has a coin toss, but you can't bet it in the regular season, so it's why it's one of the most popular ones, and people really seem to love the sweat of a good old-fashioned 50-50 prop. Um, so here to talk to us about how he's handicapping or maybe not handicapping (laughs) the coin toss is Giovanni Shorter. So Gio, go ahead and take it away.
2: So you want to bet on the coin toss? Well, you shouldn't bet on the coin toss because it's a coin toss. But if you insist on betting on the coin toss, I got some facts, some interesting tidbits that might sway you in a certain direction. First thing to note is that the Chiefs, and eagles are both teams who love to defer so if you're going to bet on let's say opening score opening drive things of that nature you might want to look that both teams are going to give the ball to whoever the other team is so the chiefs have won the coin toss eight times this season they deferred seven times the eagles have won the coin toss 13 times this season and they deferred all 13 times Another interesting tidbit is that the winner of the Super Bowl coin toss, they've actually lost the last eight Super Bowls. That's just interesting. In the last nine Super Bowls, Heads has won six times. So again, means nothing because it's a coin, but Heads is certainly on a roll recently. The coin tosses rarely plays the laws of averages. Heads and tails are have been on streaks of three or more over nine times. So that goes back to the previous fact that says, you know, it really doesn't matter that heads has won more recently because it's a coin toss. Those things just happen. Interesting enough though, Arizona has held the Super Bowl three times. And in all three of those years heads has won the coin toss. So if you're going to bet heads looks like the bet, but again, I'm reiterating it's a coin toss. So toss up literal toss up.
0: All right, Steven, have you ever bet the coin toss before? And if you have, how have you gone about handicapping and how much time do you actually put into this market?
1: (laughs) Admittedly, I have bet the coin toss, but not just heads or tails. I, I, I can't say I've ever gone that far <laughs> down the, the gambling rabbit hole. But in, in years past, there have been situations, Nicole, where one team will defer if they win the toss a lot more often than the other team. Now, in this era of the NFL, teams are going to defer pretty much every single time. These two teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, as Geo said, have deferred every single time except for one. So there's really not any type of advantage of Who's going to be more likely to get the ball first to try and hit some first touchdown score props in there? So uh, more just for fun in this case. I'm not a huge fan of betting the coin toss because there's nothing worse than starting off your list of bets before with losing before the damn kickoff. <laughs>
0: exactly, before the game even starts. And, I mean, if you want to look at the history, you absolutely can. I think we're sitting at 52% tails over history and 48% heads, and we have a whole page dedicated to that over at lines.com. So if you really want to spend hours handicapping it, by all <laughs> means. But like you said, you and Gio are kind of taking a look at that market of if they're going to defer which team's going to win and if they win are they going to defer but we've kind of uh, exhausted all we can on the coin toss and now we are going to send it over to Eli Hershkovich to talk about who he likes when it comes to touchdown props
3: now looking at some touchdown props for the big game which is featuring two of the best tight ends in the NFL Travis Kelsey has over 200 receiving yards Overexpected this season, right at 202, and he ranks number two at his position in that category. Dallas Goddard for the Eagles ranks number three, right behind Kelsey, with 189 receiving yards, overexpected. Now, at Caesars Sportsbook, Kelsey has the shortest odds to find the end zone at around minus 115, minus 114 to be exact. Of this recording, so if you're betting $114, you would win $100 if Kelsey scores. But I'm looking at Dallas Goddard to find Paydirt at plus 175, which means if you bet $100 on Goddard to score, you win $175 because it's plus money. Now the Chiefs rank number 19 in DVOA per football Outsiders this season versus opposing tight ends, but Goddard's target depth has been low as well. So that might make you think, okay, do I want to back Goddard to do anything in this game? Or do I want to take the under on his receiving yards? But if you look at the way the red zone targets shape up for the Eagles, Goddard ranks right behind A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith in red zone targets this season, which is to be expected. And I already mentioned how Kansas City struggles matching up against tight ends. So I think attention will be paid less to Goddard, which means I think that price at plus 175 is valuable. So give me Dallas Goddard to score a touchdown at plus 175 over at Caesars Sportsbook. And if you're looking at some more of his player props, I would consider over receptions on Goddard rather than over receiving yards just because of that target depth that I mentioned.
0: Thanks, Eli, for that. Now we have Trey Wingo joining us, the Chief Trends Officer, still, still. like we said, at Caesars Sportsbook. Trey, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us again. I think this is like the third or fourth time we've gotten to sit down and chat.
4: Well, it's good to talk to you again, so let's get into it. What do you want to know?
0: All right. Is there a matchup in this game that really stands out to you or something that you really feel like is a mismatch that could determine the outcome of the game?
4: Absolutely, and it has nothing to do with any of the players that you would think. Um it's Chris Jones against the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have four or five guys that can absolutely wreck a game plan. They got they got four dudes. Uh, the Chiefs have a lot of complimentary players yeah. and Chris Jones. Chris Jones has to be what I like to call a war daddy, which is <laughs> he's got to be the guy that ruins things. Uh, he did that against the, the Bengals. Had two sacks in that game, his first two postseason sacks which is really odd in Super Bowl 54 I think he tipped three or four passes at the line and really chip uh, sh- shifted the balance of that game Chris Jones is gonna have to find ways to win on the interior against Jason Kelsey and then when they bounce him to the outside uh, either against Jordan Milata or against uh, Lane Johnson now Lane's a little banged up but he held his yeah. own against Nick Bosa so Chris jo- Chris Jones has to be the best player on the defensive field for Kansas City
0: and do you have a pick on who you think is going to win the Super Bowl based on what you just said?
4: I do. Um, <laughs> I picked Kansas City before the season started. All right. So I would be really stupid to jump <laughs> off now when I'm one game away from looking really smart. But the Eagles, I think, are a better team. Okay. I think top to bottom, they're one through 53 or how many people they are, are going to have active on Super Bowl Sunday is probably better than the, uh, the active players on Kansas City. However, as a former San Francisco, not a former, as a current San Francisco executive, <laughs> and I won't say his name because this was an off-the-record conversation, told me before Super Bowl 54, he said, Trey, we're, we're the better team. Top to bottom, we're the better team. I believe in that. I believe we're the more physical team. I believe we have everything it takes to be Super Bowl champion. But that guy scares me to death. And that was Patrick Mahomes. And a 20-10 fourth quarter lead turned into a 31-20 to 20 loss yeah, just like that. I believe that the Chiefs know that their legacy as a team is dependent on this game. It's one thing to go to five AFC Championship games. It's yeah. another thing to win a Super Bowl. But if you get through this run and you only have one ring to show for it, the legacy of the team becomes a question. And I think this is a game where Kelsey Jones – mahomes willie gay uh, a lot of those players that have been around for a few years are going to say this is our legacy game this is the game that cements us as the team of a certain era like the packers of the 60s the Steelers of the 70s the niners of the 80s the cowboys of the 90s and the patriots of the 2000s (laughs) and the 2010s i think they know i mean even though the eagles are slight favors yeah. I think the pressure is all on Kansas City to place themselves among the great teams in NFL history.
0: They might know that, and the and the pressure might be on them, but how are these injuries going to impact them? The injuries that Mahomes is dealing with, that wide receiver core, are, are they going to be able to survive those injuries enough to get that, that Super Bowl ring?
4: I believe they can. Okay. Um, uh, you know, the, everybody's been a full participant in practice the last couple of days. Obviously, you're not really doing a lot right now. Yeah. But from everything I'm hearing, LeGarrius Snead has cleared concussion protocol. Willie Gay is expected to play. Uh, Mecole's on IR, so he's not going to play. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to play a little more depth at running back. And I think Juju and Kadarius are all set and ready to roll. To be honest with you, the biggest injury concern for me in this game is not a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Jalen Hurts. Yeah,
0: that shoulder injury.
4: No one really talks about it, okay, because it hasn't had to be a thing. Right. But, you know, he hasn't been right since he heard it against – the Bears, and it's not just a shoulder sprain. Trust me, after <laughs> this game, you're gonna you're gonna hear the news. Jalen Hurts is gonna need shoulder surgery. Yeah. It always comes out after the game, okay? <laughs> after the season is over. Well, I didn't know. How did this happen? um He didn't have to throw it at all against the Giants. No. Didn't have to throw it at all against San Francisco because the Niners just puked all over themselves. <laughs> and I mean, give the Eagles credit. That good teams take advantage of other teams' mistakes. Yeah. Most it's hard games, when
0: you have an 87 string quarterback. Yeah, and most games well.
4: are lost than won. They yeah. really are. You know, the Niners did all the things that cost him that game. But if you look at that game in two ways, he threw it at 11 completions, had 123 yards. Even on the, the throw that wasn't the catch by uh, the Slim Reaper, Devontae Smith, uh, on fourth and three, that was a that was an overthrown ball. Yes. He sailed a few. But more importantly, when you watched him run in that game, he either slid or ran out of bounds. Now, this is a guy that squatted 700 pounds in Oklahoma. He was a power lifter in high school. I've seen him drag players to the end zone. His shoulder is not right. Right. And if I'm Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator for the uh, Chiefs, I sell out to stop the run and basically say, "Prove to me you can win by throwing the football."
0: And I mean, Stephen and I touched on this, you know, earlier, but we saw him in in some of the playoff games make those deep passes to AJ Brown, and they didn't they didn't look wasn't great. Wasn't the same. No, it just it was wasn't the not the now, same.
4: Listen, he could be healed, and it could not be an issue. Yeah. But if I'm the Chiefs, you got to show it to me before I'll believe it.
0: Yeah. I agree with you there. And so let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the location that we're at right now. Yeah. It is the first time a Super Bowl has ever been hosted in a legal betting jurisdiction. Now you've covered many an NFL game, many a Super Bowl before, but how does the atmosphere change now that people here can get in on the action? Well,
4: you know, we always used to talk about it without talking about it, yep. right? Like Al Michaels was famous for saying, and that kick is very important for some people in the desert. You know, for years on NFL Live, we used to do pregame, preseason game win totals, but we couldn't say over under, we'd say more than or less than.
0: Skirt around it. Yeah,
4: and you couldn't say the name of the franchise because those are syndicated and licensed. (laughs) So you had to say, the team in Dallas, are they going to win more than or less than nine and a half games? Well, now it's all out in the open. And I, you know. It's always been there. I mean, Benning the injury has
0: always been the there. The injury
4: report exists, so you can set the line correctly, so everybody has the same information. Like that's the whole point of the injury report, to set the line right. So there's nobody's getting inside information. <laughs> it's just out in the open now, and it's so much better.
0: And talking about, we've done this whole show on props, so. Do you have any insights for us on the Caesar Sportsbook? First of all, you guys have one of the biggest catalogs released over by any. Th- over
4: two thousand ways to bet, including lots of great prop bets.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Every year they release that. Do you have like? Are there top props being bet at Caesar Sportsbook? Do you have a favorite prop?
4: I have a couple actually. All right. Uh, one of them is the idea of a safety. Okay. Okay. We haven't. We've had uh, nine safeties in Super Bowl history. Four in the last fourteen Super Bowls. Um. It's plus 835, so the odds are pretty good. Yeah, And then let's add in, uh, you have the top two sack teams in the NFL here, Philadelphia and Kansas City. So let's say one team gets pinned down uh, near the goal line. where We got those, uh, those vicious pass rushes coming in. Ball comes out. Ball's on the ground. Somebody's going to jump on it. I-, I like the idea of a safety in this game. And I also like the idea of a two-point conversion. <laughs> we haven't had one since the Patriots had two in their epic comeback in Super Bowl 51. I think that's plus 240 uh, for the for the two-point conversion. And in a game that's this close, it's one and a half. I think it may go down to one yeah. or even below that by the time Super Bowl Sunday rolls around. Somebody's going to try two-point conversion potentially uh, to give themselves an advantage in this game. I like that bet a lot
0: knowing what the eagles do at the goal line and how they're able to just push people right through i actually like that two-point conversion one too are you betting any of the fun ones the gatorade shower the coin toss any of the novelty props are you staying
4: away from those it's funny the coin toss is the biggest bet every year and i like people love it and i just like okay so now what you know (laughs) well there it is you know i I, I don't know. Um, yeah. One, you know, the, the fun one would be, I think, the the over-under on Rihanna songs at halftime. Is it nine and a half, I think, is what it is? Um, there's all kinds of... My favorite prop bet of all time is the prop bet that started the whole craze. In 1986, Caesars Palace bet... Put 20 to 1 odds that William the Refrigerator Perry, the defensive tackle for the Bears, would score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. because Mike Ditka put him in, in goal line situations, and he did in the third quarter. That got so much action it went from 20 to 1 to two to 1 odds by the time the Super Bowl kicked off, Super Bowl 20. And so now they still have that bet: a defensive player to score an offensive touchdown. Only one other player has done it in Super Bowl history, and that's Mike Vrabel, the linebacker for the Patriots, who caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady in Super Bowl 38 and in Super Bowl 39.
0: I really thought you were going to put me on the spot there, and I did not have the answer <laughs> for it, so I'm glad you came prepared Happy to with have. the answer. Trey, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Now it's time to focus in on the quarterbacks, and it's a battle between two of the best in the league. However, injuries make QB props not so straightforward this year. Mahomes is dealing with an ankle injury, and Hurts has a shoulder injury. Let's send it over to Josh Lander and Nate Weitzer, hosts of the Lions Coast to Coast podcast, to see how they are tackling quarterback props on Sunday.
5: We are looking at some Super Bowl props here, Nate, for these quarterbacks that we've got, probably the two best players and most exciting guys to look at in this game. We're going to go a couple of Hurts props here, a couple of Mahomes props, maybe some funky stuff that we're looking at if you want to get some giant odds and some juice back here in this Super Bowl. Uh, go ahead and kick us off, Nate, with your first Jalen Hurts prop.
6: Yeah, I mean, I've tried to target the passing props based on just game flow or, and run funnel defenses. But I think this is a matchup where Hertz really should use his legs more than anything. Um, I mean, 39 yards against San Francisco's top tier run defense. They obviously control that game from start to finish, but really the the number one thing I'm looking at with this matchup is Philly is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides. Um, there's absolutely nothing teams can do to stop the power formation that they use at the goal line on short yardage. Um, So I think 11 attempts for Hertz at even money is, is good bet. I mean, that's, that's what he got against San Francisco. I do think the Eagles will be ahead most of this game. I don't think Kansas city can stop the run. I mean, they, they couldn't contain Joe Burrow. They allowed the fifth most rushing yards to QBs on the season. And in the three previous playoff games before that Bengals game, they were giving up 5.3 yards per carry. We know Philly's a run heavy team, obviously, and Hertz is just, you know, even more important than that stable of three running backs they use. So 48.5 rushing yards is up to that. It was originally a little bit lower on some sites, but now pretty much the market standard at, at MGM, minus 115 odds. Um, and for him to have those attempts, even better. Uh, and then, yeah, there's some touchdown stuff that you could look at with two touchdowns being f- plus 500. I don't think that's out of the question. Look, if they get it down to the one, it's not really a secret who's going to get the ball and you can't stop it.
5: You can't. Yeah. You can't stop the best uh, fourth and one, you know, team in the history of the NFL. Uh, we saw that in the last game. I, I like all this with you as well. I mean, definitely the attempts at that, that even money there, I really like, you know, the, the attempts last week, I think you probably would have seen a few more uh, if this was a closer game. I, I don't think they wanted to necessarily put Hertz in a position to have to gain yardage for them once they're already up a couple scores uh, against a team that doesn't have a quarterback. In one of the wildest games we've ever seen in an NFC Championship game for sure. But yeah, I think I think the uh, the attempts are going to be there a bit more. They're going to you know do a little bit of what we talked about last week uh, against San Francisco, which is neutralize that pass rush. Obviously, they can probably throw on those DBs, but why even put yourself in a situation to uh, to get that. Chris Jones and company going. So um, moving on to Hertz and some passing stuff here, I'm actually going under, I think probably lines up a bit with what our game theory here, here is in minus 115 on MGM, he's gone under this number uh, twice this postseason. Not that he really needed uh, to re- you know, put it through the air uh, after going up big early in both those games and staying on top. Uh, he hasn't really even topped 200 yards. And really, he only w- went over 245 five times this season, uh, the last one being back in December. And if you look at who he went over 245 yards against, we're talking about Tennessee, the worst pass defense uh, in terms of yards per game allowed. Minnesota, the 31st uh, team there. And then Chicago, Pitt, uh, both 15 15th and 13th in yards per game allowed. So, you know, Washington had a good defense early and, and he still was able to get over that. But um, I, I think that there's opportunity here against, you know, that defensive backfield uh, for KC. It, it's not necessarily great, um, but I, they're still only allowing six yards per pass, 221 yards per game. Uh, and that's really just thanks to the second, high, you know, second highest um, sack rate in the league this season and they're just they're much more vulnerable versus the run so obviously we're targeting a bit more for the, one of the best run teams in the league uh, in Philly to be able to do that a bit more and not necessarily need uh, to go deep even though they've uh, also got incredible wide receiver room over there but uh, 19th in opponents yards per rush for KC this season and then like I said you know the, the Eagles ran the ball the most times per game more than 33 times uh, this season each of these games over 150 yards rushing per game uh, and they're still boasting that you know, the, the best offensive line in the NFL uh, this season. So I, all those run guys in uh, company, I think it, it's a good opportunity for them to get rushing yards and, and not necessarily even need him to get over that 246 and a half.
6: Yeah, I mean, same theory really with under on the completions or the attempts for Hertz. It's a game flow bet that you think the Eagles will be in control and, and it will be, you know, I, I, I find it dangerous to think it'll be exactly like how they just rolled through the Giants and the Niners. I think it will be a much more competitive game, which is why I'm... Maybe a little shying away from the yardage because, you know, these teams did play in the regular season uh, last year and it was a total shootout. At, at KC's not great on either on against the pass or the run and they have some injuries back there. But the Eagles, when it comes down to it, want to just run the ball and they, they want to protect Hurts and that shoulder uh, and, and and just just kind of pound the rock. So, yeah, I think you're on on point there. Switching over to Mahomes, uh, I think we're both on the same page in terms of just volume, volume, volume for him. Yeah. You said the yeah. attempts, I'm going completions, uh, 25 and a half, pretty much even money at Caesars. Um, and he's hit that at, in, in at least in six of his last seven playoff games, the exception being against Jacksonville, where he totally messed up his ankle and, and was hopping around there. But last time uh, in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, while running for his life, 26 for 49, Um, And, you know, it might be another situation like that with this Eagles pass rush. I mean, either way, KC's just rushing attack is non-existent. 42 yards against Cincy. uh, You look at 46 against Denver and 77 against Seattle in uh, two of their last three regular season. And Mahomes had 29 completions in those last two against Cincy and Denver. Good run defenses. I know Philly's like even better against the pass than the run on the season. They have excellent corners, but... The Chiefs, with two weeks with Andy Reid, time to time to scheme guys open. Mahomes will find different receivers. He'll, they'll use those tight ends. They'll use McKinnon. And he'll just rack up completions. Everything's going to go through him. Um, you know, they had a 70% pass play rate even with him on the bum ankle and, and pulled out that game. And there should be plenty of possessions because Philly's first in, in neutral pace, uh, and they're even ninth in pace once they have a seven-point lead. So mm. if we, again, think the Chiefs are coming from behind – That's why we like the volume for Mahomes.
5: Yeah, I I mean, I have no reason to disagree with anything you're saying because, like you said, I'm going over attempts uh, and those are an astronomical 39 and a half. I kind of hope he's not running for his life um, to to ensure that we can get these these completions and pass attempts up. And and if he starts actually putting together, you know, eight yard rushes, 10 yard rushes and those chunk yards there, his 18 and a half rushing yards. Kind of seems low uh, for a Super Bowl game, like you said, where he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton of times. And uh, hopefully he's able to avoid guys like Hassan Riddick and and who is just a quarterback eater at this point, uh, because he's going to be able to. I mean, he's a little bit more mobile, obviously, than the guys we've been seeing him, uh, you know, this this Eagles team go up against in the postseason. So I think he'll be fine there because he he did look fine. He had that one rush uh, for eight yards looked fine. I know it was only one, but at least he you know, he, he didn't look hobbled uh, enough to be able to get out. And I think the pass attempts, you know, k- keeping it there, Like I thought about the completions. It's a bit better juice uh, at even money versus the, the minus 108 uh, for 39.5 pass attempts plus 39.5 pass attempts is much more intimidating than the number 25.5 for completions, I think, for, for Mahomes. But um, when it matters, you're going to put the ball in Pat Mahomes' hands, right? Uh, and that's been true in games that matter this season. It's been true in the last two Super Bowls, uh, 42 attempts and and 49 attempts in the, in, in the last one uh, that they played in. So you know he's going to have the ball in his hand. You're not going to take it out of that. And, and he can run, but I don't think they want him to have to do that quite as much um, he's had seven games this season with 40-plus pa- pass attempts. Um, all but one came in November or later, kind of adding to the fact that they were playing a bit more closer games. There was that streak where they just didn't cover but kept winning, uh, as we continue to talk about in, the, in our prop show as well. Um, and, and so, like I said, they all came in later times in the season when they needed to really wrap up that one seed. Uh, and once again, you put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Um, all those games were one score or less, just the exception being uh, the game against the Rams, uh, where you just you don't run on the Rams, right? So, uh, the games that he did have 40 plus pass attempts, their average margin of victory was 3.8. Uh, in games with a less than 40, uh, we're talking about an average margin of victory of 10.8. They just didn't need him to throw. And they're going to need him to throw. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no way they're blowing out the Eagles. I think if anybody's on blowout alert a bit more, it could be them if the Eagles control uh, the ball a ton more. I, I don't see it going you know, that way in, in either direction necessarily. Um, but I do think that the fact that it's going to be close is all going to correlate to Mahomes throwing the ball 42, 45 times in that range, much more likely than any time in the 30s. Yeah, it it all flows
6: back to what we think, which is that the Eagles are going to control the game. And as long as the Chiefs are trying to play catch up, uh, Mahomes is going to be dropping back a lot. Also, like, yeah, the rushing yards are pretty good. Found good odds for the rush attempts, plus 115 for him to rush four times. And and that ankle is going to be much better in two weeks. So that's another one we're looking at Um, and using that odds finder tool to find the best value at all books. And that's all the time we have for this one. Everybody, good luck with your bets in the Super Bowl.
0: Now, Steven, I actually agree with Nate here on the Hertz over rushing attempts. I think Hertz is going to use his leg a lot legs a lot in this matchup. Hertz and the Eagles have thirty-one conversions on third and fourth downs this season, and that is due in large part to Hurts' ability to rush the ball and use his legs. And this is an aggressive Eagles team, and I just don't see the game plan stopping for the Super Bowl. Now, no other team in Super Bowl history has converted more than twice on fourth downs. I think the Eagles have a chance to do that here and break that record. I think they're going to go for it on fourth down and try to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. What are your key takeaways from what they said?
1: I'm with you, Nicole. I, I bet something related to this. I didn't bet specifically the Jalen Hurts rushing props, but I bet under his passing yards in this game, under 240 and a half. In the 230s is probably where I'd stop. I think there's an edge there a little bit if we're in the 240s, if you look at the way it's gone this year for him in the games where he's been healthy. But that's the key here. He has not been healthy. He's missed deep passes. He's had some of his worst yards per attempt games in the passing game in the playoffs. The shoulder is not right. He's missed A.J. Brown streaking to the end zone each of the past two playoff games. But I don't think that's going to stop him from sucking it up, taking some shots, if necessary, to get some yardage here. And the Eagles have three times as many touchdowns in the red zone on the ground than they do in the air yeah. so I like him to possibly get in the end zone using his legs I like his rushing attempts like you said because their their read option game their RPO game is so difficult to defend the 49ers decided to just take Jalen Hurts away and try and stop the running backs on those reads it didn't work they it, they got gashed for some touchdowns there's a chance that the Chiefs try and take the running backs away and see if Jalen Hurts can can do some damage so we'll see how that goes but I I'm in lockstep with you on Jalen Hurts and I agree with the guys I think I think the Chiefs are going to live or die with Patrick Mahomes I don't think with the Super Bowl on the line they're going to give Isaiah Pacheco 20 plus carries (laughs) in this game and there there have been some good arguments to be made that the Eagles passing defense is not as good as what the numbers indicate. This is number one passing offense versus number one passing defense if you look at advanced metrics. But against top-half offenses this year, the Eagles have been well below average, 30-plus points to the Lions allowed, 30-plus points to Washington allowed, 30-plus to the Packers allowed. So I think there's an argument to be made there that Mahomes can take advantage of this defense in the interior passing game. We'll see how it goes.
0: We've talked about that a lot. Sometimes what you see on paper isn't indicative of what you see on the screen and how you feel that those teams are performing. And we're going to get to Isaiah Pacheco. We're actually going to get to him next. So we are switching gears and taking a look at running back props. We're going to toss it over to Derek Wagner to break those down for us.
7: All right. We're going to start with Chiefs running backs props. Uh, I'm going to look at Isaiah Pacheco. I got his over at 48 and a half rush yards best available number is 47 and a half. The Eagles defense was bottom 10 in rush success rate this year and number one in dropback EPA. Um, I, I just think that this number is a little bit soft uh, for Pacheco and the Eagles defense was bottom 10 in yards per carry with 4.6. He's averaging about five yards per carry. This is a tough matchup for the Eagles front. To uh to stop him. Um, additionally, Pacheco is one of the better backs in yards after contact per attempt with 3.1. Uh, he that's 13th in the NFL with running backs with a minimum of 100 snaps or, or 100 carries. Um, Damian Pierce actually kind of gutted the Eagles defense back in Week Nine with over 100 yards after contact. So this is another back that is prop- posing a problem for uh for the Eagles defense. Additionally, Pacheco went over this number in five of the last seven games and is averaging 61.4 yards on the ground in those last seven games. I just, I think this number is a little bit soft for Pacheco. Um... Then we're going to look at mckinnon i didn't really see much value on mckinnon props his over under rush yards is set at 20 and a half this is really low because he's averaging less than two yards per carry in the postseason so far um so i didn't really find any value on mckinnon rushing yards uh, and then we're going to flip over to the Eagles side. I'm not going to touch on Miles Sanders too much. This number for him, his rush yards was sitting at 58.5. Then now the best number you can find is 55.5. I think this is a fair number for him, so I don't really want to touch it. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, on the other hand, I like his over rush yards at 18.5 minus 114 to the over. He's averaging over six yards per carry in the postseason. He's got he had 14 carries for 48 against the Niners and 12 for 112 yards against the Giants. He's just been the better back in the postseason for the Eagles. Miles Sanders is sitting at 4.7 yards uh, a carry while while Gainwell's at 6.2. I just I like Gainwell to go over this number. All it takes is three rushes for him to get this number. So I really like this number for Gainwell. And then the last prop that I'm going to touch on is Boston Scott and Gainwell to score a touchdown. Um, I'm going to take one unit and split it in half. I'm going to take Gainwell at plus 360 and Boston Scott at plus 550. Combined, they've scored 10 touchdowns this season. Um, they just fall for a lot of touchdowns from Miles Sanders. So you could play Sanders anytime touchdown if you want. But I just think the value is on Gainwell or Scott to get in at these numbers. Like, you're going to profit either way if one of them gets in. So take a unit, uh, split it in half, bet both Gainwell and Scott to score a touchdown.
0: Now, Stephen, it is no doubt that Isaiah Pacheco has become a very dynamic weapon for the Chiefs. He led the Chiefs in rushing yards during the regular season and will be looking to exploit the Eagles' run defense. Now, he rushed for 50 or more yards in 9 of 13 games, but the only thing that holds me up for this one is what we saw him do against the Bengals. Oh,
1: don't remind me. Oh,
0: I was going (laughs) to get to it. Exactly. When Patrick Mahomes threw to him quite a few times, I believe his line was over 48 and a half rushing yards and you were pretty confident going into that game what we didn't foresee was that he was going to become one of the top receivers for Patrick Mahomes in that game now I still think that Mahomes is going to toss it to him here because of all the injuries that they're dealing with in their wide receiver core so For me, I'm actually going to stay off of this one, but what are your thoughts?
1: So you mentioned the wide receivers. I agree with that. But we get to Super Bowl week, and it seems sometimes we forget to check the injury report sometimes. (laughs) And I think the one that's important here that nobody has talked about for the Chiefs is that Jarek McKinnon is on the injury report. And he's not listed with an ankle injury. He's listed with ankles injury. (laughs) injuries (laughs)
0: hard to run without yeah without either ankle
1: (laughs) yeah so he he was a full participant but clearly that may have been the reason why pacheco got some more run in the passing game in the afc championship game uh there's a chance we might see it again in this one but i agree that the the books have been slow caesars has been slow to adjust up isaiah pacheco's rushing totals here and i like betting the over there on, on pacheco now the flip side here with the philadelphia eagles I'm not betting Kenny, Kenny Gainwell overs like, Garrett, like Derek is. I actually disagree vehemently with the adjustment that the books have made and what Caesars has made. We're basically almost at double the number for Kenny Gainwell rushing yards at Caesars of what he was in the last couple of playoff games because he's done very well. But you need to look at why. The vast majority, more than 75% of his touches have come when the Eagles already have been blowing out the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. If you think this game is going to be close and Caesars has this line as a one-point game, then Miles Sanders is going to be on the field for the majority of these games. So I get it if you want to bet Kenny Gainwell off of what he's done in the first couple of playoff games. But just because you bet Kenny Gainwell overs does not mean you shouldn't also bet Miles Sanders overs because the matchup in this game is my favorite of the entire situation here between the Chiefs and the Eagles. The Eagles running game against the Chiefs rush defense. The Eagles are so dominant this year. They're one of the all-time great rushing offenses. The the gap between them and the next best rushing offense from number one to number two in both EPA and success rate is the same as the gap between number two and the 14 team and the number two and number 18
0: team. And we've touched on this multiple times. We've touched on that gap.
1: Absolutely. So I love Miles Sanders overs everywhere. Caesars has alt totals on Miles Sanders. You can get anytime touchdowns. I even like a sprinkle on two-plus touchdowns. There's a market where you can bet who's going to have the most rushing yards, who's going to be the first to get to 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 rushing yards. Basically, I've bet more money on Miles Sanders than any other thing in this Super Bowl. That's my favorite angle in this one. I'm very confident, and I've also bet on him to win Super Bowl MVP as well. So, uh, so we that, got a that's, lot of Miles Sanders,
0: yes. and I, I hear you, you're doing Pacheco again. Over, you're, you're going Isaiah. Listen, I God high.
1: help me. <laughs> the minute I saw Jarek McKinnon on the injury report, I, I had to. I mean, it, yeah, Clyde edwards hilaire was also activated for this game. He's been out for a long time. I can't see him having a meaningful role when he's been out for so long. Maybe he gets a couple snaps, but they've been riding Pacheco more and more and more. There's no reason to think that he's going to They're get going the
0: to volume here. Yeah, um, we have talked about quarterback injuries already, mm-hmm. but another area where this is going to be a concern is when we take a look at this wide uh, wide receivers now, yeah. especially for the Chiefs. Michael Hardman is out. Juju Smith Schuster has been out with a knee injury since the Bengals game. Kadarius Tony will play, but he's dealing with an ankle and also some hamstring issues. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Eagles are one of the healthiest teams we've seen enter a Super Bowl. And, you know, that that is, for me, going to cause a little bit of concern when I'm taking a look at these matchups and why I've said I, I do think Pacheco might get tossed the ball a few more times than we're used to seeing. We're going to go ahead and send it over to Jeffrey Schreiber to talk us through how he is handling these wide receiver props.
8: So before I dive into all these props for the Philadelphia Wide Receiver core. I just wanted to give a big picture matchup for all Philadelphia's wide receivers before we dive into specifics. No pass defense was impacted more during the regular season than the Chiefs pass defense as to whether they put pressure on the opposing quarterback or not. It's interesting when the Chiefs got pressure on the opposing quarterback, they allowed the sixth lowest completion rate in the league at 42% and a league low 3.6 yards per pass attempt. However, when the Chiefs didn't get pressure on the opposing quarterback, they allowed a league-high 74.7% completion rate, 7.8 yards per pass attempt, and a 5.5% touchdown rate, which was 30th in the league. So with that being said, there's a bunch of overs here that I'm going to look to take, with the first one being Devontae Smith over 4.5 catches on Caesars, minus 167 on the juice. A couple of reasons here. Throwing out last week's, blowout win. Smith had five plus catches in seven straight games heading into championship Sunday. The Eagles throw the ball at the highest rate in the league to their wide receivers. In three of the last four games for the Chiefs, at least two opposing wide receivers in each game had five plus catches. So look for Brown, look for Smith to get their hands on the football in the Super Bowl. Smith entered championship week earning eight targets or more in 10 straight games. So. I'm going to be hammering that over four and a half for Devonta Smith. The next prop over here that I got is AJ Brown to score an anytime touchdown at plus 129 on Caesars. Kansas City conceded the second most touchdowns to all wide receivers during the regular season, specifically getting torched by wide receiver ones. No team allowed more receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones did than the Chiefs. And also notably, Hurts missed a wide open AJ Brown in both the divisional and NFC championship game in the end zone. I think the positive touchdown regression is going to be coming for AJ Brown in the Super Bowl. The last one over here that I'm going to dive into is Quez Watkins to go over 10.5 yards. Sorry, eleven and a half yards on Caesars. Uh in close games this season of seven points or less. Quez runs significantly higher percentage routes, which ultimately leads to more potential targets and yards. The Super Bowl has a one and a half point spread. Fans can make confidently a case that the Eagles are going to throw more than they had to over the last couple of weeks. And if you look into the specific matchups, Watkins runs the most slot routes among the Eagles wide receiver core at 75.9%. And it's noteworthy that Kansas City has been a really good matchup for opposing slot wide receivers. The Chiefs were 29th in touchdown rate to opposing slots during the year. And just looking at the divisional round, Christian Kirk gave the secondary fits. Last week, Tyler Boyd, slot wide receiver, was on his way to a big game until he ultimately got hurt. So... It's looking like Watkins should go over here and in his last 10 games to close the regular season, he exceeded this over under of 11 and eight of the last 10. So I'm hammering this. These props are with the expectation that this game stays within one score, which should put some pressure on Philly to display their aerial attack. And uh, yeah, these are the three props that I'm going to hammer for Super Bowl Sunday and good luck with all your bets.
0: Now, Stephen Jeffrey is absolutely hammering the overs when it comes <laughs> to these Eagle wide receivers props, and I feel like you are on the same wavelength as him for some of these. So, talk us through that.
1: Some of them, um, I think. First of all, the Chiefs wide receivers, Caesars was late to put those numbers out because of the injury concerns. Yeah. They wanted to see how clean the injury report was, and some of those numbers were low. And the first. I'm actually going to talk about an under first, because Jeffrey took all the (laughs) overs. He took all all the overs.
0: overs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Marquez Valdez-Scantling had more than 100 yards in the AFC Championship game. But why did that happen? It's because Juju got hurt, and he started taking over the the slot role, something we haven't seen him do a lot of the year. He's going to be, barring health of the other wide receivers, MVS is going to be back on the outside, which is the strength of the Eagles secondary. Whether he's lined up against Darius Slay or James Bradbury, that's a brutal matchup for MVS. So I like unders here for MVS. (laughs) Um, with the injury concerns for the Chiefs though, how can anybody be confident that Kadarius Toney or Juju Smith-Schuster are going to be able to play through this entire game? So what did we see in the AFC title game when they had to leave the field? We saw Sky Moore get seven targets. We've seen games this year where Justin Watson has had big splash plays. He's had five games this year with, with receptions of at least 25 plus yards. So if you're looking for a long shot in the Caesars prop catalog in this Super Bowl, I think you look at some of these backup wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs, a Sky Moore, a Justin Watson, yeah. and see if you can get some juicy numbers on them, whether it's first to 40 yards or any time touchdown, or if the logic is that maybe Tony or Juju is not going to be able to finish the game, why not sprinkle some money on each of these guys to score the last touchdown in the game if that's when they're more likely to be in the game right so you can get 40 to one or higher on these guys to score the last touchdown in this game so I think you know if if you're looking for a long shot if you're looking to have some fun some lunch money I think those backup wide receivers is where you should be looking
0: yeah I like that play as well and next up we've got what I think is a very fun market because we've got the tight ends and That's none other than the amazing Travis Kelsey. And I got to give huge props to the Kelsey brothers for putting out absolutely amazing content. The week (laughs) leading up to the Super Bowl, they are going to be the first two brothers to have faced each other in a Super Bowl game. Their parents are absolutely phenomenal to watch. And I think everyone loves betting on Travis Kelsey. And and Mo is going to touch on that. So let's go ahead and send it over to Mo. Here to break down Super Bowl props for the tight ends is Mo Nawara.
9: For tight end props for the Super Bowl, I think obviously we have two pretty high volume tight ends and most people are going to be most interested in betting Travis Kelsey props probably. Um, I'm a little more interested in Dallas Goddard, but starting off with Travis Kelsey, most of his numbers are right around his kind of season averages, which I think is probably about where he should end up in this matchup. There's nothing like too crazy one way or the other about the Eagles defense against tight ends. I think a couple variables that could push it one way or the other would be it kind of did seem like he was a little limited toward the end of that Bengals game with the back injury. Should be good, but just you never know if that could reaggravate. And more importantly, I, I think the Chiefs receivers could kinda push him one way or the other if they are playing and make it through the game healthy. I don't know if that would help or hurt him, honestly, because he might just draw a ton of defensive attention if they're out, but he'll also get a ton of targets. So those two things could kind of cancel out. The one that sticks out the most to me, honestly, with Kelsey is I do think his prop to score a touchdown might be a little bit lower than it should be. You can get as low as minus 114 in the middle of Super Bowl week here. Um, His Career numbers with Mahomes suggest he should be closer to minus 140 on that one. And then his playoff numbers with Mahomes are like insane. He scored, I think it was 15 touchdowns in 17 games. So I, I do think there's something to him being maybe a little bit of a bigger part of a little bit of a bigger part of the playoff offense when push comes to shove. Um so that that's the one I would most look toward uh for the Chiefs here. I, I do think their passing offense is going to have success against the Eagles, so Travis Kelsey should be the biggest beneficiary of that and and yeah, he's definitely the most likely player to score here for the Chiefs on the other side of it. We have Dallas Goddard, who has been a little bit quiet after a really really strong start to the season um. I don't know if it's all his fault Um, I'm wondering if a lot of it is due to Jalen hurts shoulder He just hasn't seemed to be able to get the ball downfield And that's making me look toward a bet I made in the 49ers game, which was under on his long play, uh, which is Looks like you can get 19 and a half under 19 and a half minus 115. I think that's another good play here Average depth of target his last three games is 3.9, 4.8, and 3.5. So they just don't seem to be using him as anything but kind of a safety valve slash check down guy. Overall, just I think AJ Brown has pushed him a little closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, Just AJ Brown commanding so many downfield targets. Some of them I think used to maybe be going to Goddard here. So... Uh yeah, I, I do think that one, even though the Chiefs are not as strong as the forty ers in terms of uh limiting tight ends, I do think under nineteen and a half is probably a good play. Given how limited Jalen Hurts has been, uh just seems to be not surpassing really 150 yards passing since he came back. So I uh, I do like that one. And uh yeah, whether you uh tail these or not, uh best of luck hunting value on the tight end props here for the Super Bowl.
0: Now, Steven, I'm with Mo on this one. I do think Kelsey is going to have a touchdown in this game, so I do like his anytime touchdown odds over at Caesar Sportsbook, but I do not think it's going to be easy. Now, Kelsey is just behind Jerry Rice and tied with Gronk for the most touchdowns in postseason history. And I don't think anyone is doubting his ability to get in the end zone. But this Philly pass defense has only allowed three touchdowns to opposing tight ends in 19 games. So I, I do feel that, listen, we we all know about this brotherly matchup. And I think, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey have that, that connection where he's going to try to get him the ball and he's going to try to get him a, a touchdown in, in this game that means so much. But again, it's going to be hard to get it past that Philly pass defense but I I still am with Mo I do like him to score a touchdown here in this game how do you feel about this matchup
1: I think Caesars has made the odds low enough for you to take a shot on the anytime touchdown you're getting a better price than you would in a typical week for Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown I think it is another injury concern he was not able to finish the AFC title game with that back issue so I, I agree with Mo there I agree with you there I think if anybody's going to go off in the in the Chiefs' passing attack, it's obviously going to be Travis Kelsey because he's working the interior away from the Eagles' top corners, Bradbury and Slay, on the outsides. We'll see if the Eagles pull kind of a <laughs> Belichickian move and maybe move some guys around, whether it's bracketing Kelsey or moving maybe one of those corners to the inside to try and help with that. That, to me, is the most fascinating chess match in this game is how are the Eagles going to cover Travis Kelsey considering – that their corners overall are more than talented enough to handle this kind of replacement level receiving core that the Chiefs have gone with in the wake of of Tyreek Hill being traded coming into this season so I think if there's a game where it finally comes back to bite the Chiefs in the behind it might be this one against maybe the best secondary in the NFL on the flip side here though I also did bet the Dallas Goddard under 19 and a half yards for his long reception in this game I think Mo makes excellent points about that um his his average depth of target has just plummeted this year with AJ Brown on the field. Uh, combine that with with Jalen Hurts appearing to struggle to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. They've basically made him a check down at this point. So I would we betted in the AFC title game, Mo and I, and I'm I'm right back with them again in the in the Super Bowl on that one.
0: I do think we need to coin Belichickian. I don't know <laughs> if that's you know anyone's ever used that term, but I do like, I think I, I like that term. Um but, yeah, I, I agree with you on Hurts. We really haven't seen him take those a ton of deep shots. And Since
1: before the injury.
0: Uh, yeah, and like you said, now that we have the injury, if he is taking them, not, not as accurate and as I'm not, we've seen And if path. he
1: does, I'm not sure it's going to Goddard anyway, right? Right. Like Devonta Smith is a, a pristine route runner. Yeah. A.J. AJ Brown, Brown is amazing after the catch. Those are the guys that are going to get chunk plays, I think, not Dallas Goddard with the way he's being utilized this season with the Eagles.
0: Yeah. Next up, we have Evan Scrimshaw, and he's going to go over how to bet kicker props for the Super Bowl. So, Evan, go ahead and take it away.
10: For, the, for this year's Super Bowl, kickers are actually one of the more lucrative markets available to bet on if you know what you're looking for. The biggest market for them is total points kicked. both uh, For both Bucker and Drake Elliott, you have a line of 7.5, which is interesting depending on how you think the game is going to go. Both offenses have... Uh, are favored to score more than two and a half touchdowns, off, offensive touchdowns, in this game, which means that if you think if you think that bet hits, then you think that both teams need to score at least five offensive point, uh, offensive possessions need to end in a score for them to hit their numbers. With Jake Elliott, that seems unlikely. Not that the Eagles couldn't score that many points, but they just don't kick that many field goals. With the Eagles only averaging one point four field goal attempts per game in the regular season, and as we know, Nick seriani has been quite willing to be aggressive in the playoffs. It's unlikely that the 7.5 is going to hit for, for Elliott. Butker is a better chance, too, because A, the Chiefs kick 1.9 field goals per game, and we know that Andy Reid doesn't get more aggressive in the playoffs, as seen by his um, punt from the opposition 37 in the card round, or in the championship round, and even if Pat Mahomes is more healthy than he was, he still wasn't particularly mobile in the conference championship game, and if that means that the Chiefs are going to have some offensive upside, but maybe not as much off, offensive upside, then maybe they're not going to be able to get three touchdowns. Maybe they're going to have more drives stall out, and that that means Bucker is a much better bet over seven and a half total than Jake Elliott for the same reason. Bucker is a much better bet in a head to head matchup. Bucker only minus one twenty at Caesar Sportsbook, um, because he, he, one, there's the half field goal advantage in terms of. Uh, regular season average field goal attempts. Butker has the leg to hit from deep. We know Andy Reid is not as aggressive as Sirianni, and we know that we know that Sirianni is willing to run Jalen Hurts in key moments. We know that they're willing to take a fourth and five in the NFC Championship. We have a that first drive. Like Sirianni just isn't going to get get into a field goal competition if he can avoid it, and so Butker is a great bet there on overfield goals made. I think Elliott under minus one and a half, or over (laughs) under one and a half, it makes a lot of sense. They've averaged 1.4 so far this season. The Eagles are not going to kick field goals unless they have to. Sirianni is not about the, is not about kicking field goals. And so I think that's good. Bucker over one and a half makes, makes sense. Um, The problem is, though, there's a chance that the Chiefs fall behind in this game, especially if Mahomes isn't 100%, in which case they just kind of can't kick. They just can't kick field goals because they have to just keep going for it. But if you think the Chiefs are competitive in this game, Bucker over is one and a half it makes a lot of sense. And then the biggest thing I think, the most interesting one for me, is the uh, is the overall over under on point after attempts. The Eagles are minus two hundred um, in market to score more than to score more than two and a half offensive touchdowns. But there's about an eighty cent gap between what you pay on two and a half over two and a half touchdowns or what you'd pay on over two and a half field goal, or point after attempts for, for Jake Elliott, like unless the Eagles need to, they're not going to go for two. I know they can be aggressive and I know they do trust their offense, but that 80 cent gap makes Elliott. If you think the Eagles are going to score a lot of points in this game, that makes that eighty cent gap much more valuable for the chiefs. It's only a 40 cent gap uh, in VIG. You're only getting a 40 cent reduction um, for Bucker over two and a half. And I think the chiefs, Against that Eagles offense, Or against that Eagles defense, I think is uh, going to be a much harsher competition for them. Lastly, um, uh, some books have a have a fun novelty prop, which is: Will Eddie kick? Will there be a doink? Uh, a, a ball that hits the upright or the crossbar? Uh, it might be fun, and if you're an Eagles fan and you believe in the karma of Nick Foles against the Bears, uh, you might want to you might want to put a little money on for peace of mind, but doinks as fun as they are the reason we remember them so lovely uh remember them well so well is because they're really rare so i wouldn't go about putting a lot of your money on that but it's a fun prop and uh with all props good luck with your uh good luck with the super bowl bets and hopefully you make some money
0: now steven i'm gonna be honest this isn't a market that I've taken a big look at, but after...
10: You know, kickers are people,
1: too,
0: Nicole. Kickers are people, too, and I just... I don't know why I haven't taken a look at it, and <laughs> honestly, after all of Evan's, you know, analytics, and, I mean, he really... I should have been talking to Evan earlier this season, but now I'm really thinking I should have taken a look at the kicking prop bet market. Um, do you have a feeling about these prop bets? Are, are, you, are you betting on the kickers are people, too?
1: First of all, Evan Scrimshaw is also our political markets reporter, Yes, and this guy dig so deep to find mispriced odds in politics that he's basically gone like 90% on the on the markets there that he's written about. Yeah. So when he comes to me and he has an off the wall kicking bet that he likes, I'm listening, Nicole. So and I just want to make sure everybody understands the the one particular bet that he talked about here because I think it's an important one. It's one I bet as well. He noted the contrast between the Eagles being heavily juiced at Caesars to go over two-and-a-half touchdowns in this game, for the Eagles' offense to score more than two-and-a-half touchdowns. It's like minus 200 or shorter. If that's the case, if those odds are correct, why is Jake Elliott only minus 110 to kick three or more extra points? That difference in juice and that difference in price is far too wide And I agree with Evan to take the over two and a half PATs on Jake Elliott. I bet it as well. (laughs) Let's have some fun with some kickers.
0: Let's have some fun with some (laughs) kickers. Thank God we're not watching Dallas in the Super Bowl because I wouldn't want to deal with that. Jake Elliott
1: is like (laughs) one of the great dependable kickers in the NFL. Knock on (laughs) on wood. Thankfully, no Brett Maher in this game.
0: We're getting into our final handful of markets here that we are going to be covering. And it's time to look at the opposite opposite side of the ball and discuss some of these defensive props. Now here to talk us through those is none other than Brett Gibbons. So Brett, go ahead and take it away.
11: Defense wins championships in each of the last four Super Bowls. The champions held their opponents at 20 points or fewer that comes against offenses like the Chiefs and the Bengals. So I'm going to be talking about two. Player props on the defensive side that I really like for Super Bowl 57. First up, Chris Jones. He logged his first postseason sack of his career against Bengals. In fact, he logged two of them. If you look at Caesar Sportsbook, yes, uh, to record a sack. Yes, is minus 130. No, is plus 100. Let's look at his sack opportunities. According to PFF, he recorded a DPR, which is a pressure, a hit or a sack on the quarterback on 8.3% of his rushes. That's top 10 in the NFL. 18% of those DPR uh, resulted in a sack outright. Now let's look at Jalen hurts 31.5 passing attempts. That's his prop. So we can kind of justify that. Like that's about the opportunity that Chris Jones is going to get to rush the passer. So if you take those numbers, we can expect about 0.47 sack opportunities for Chris Jones. Now I'm factoring in the Eagles elite offensive line, which is number one per PFF in pass blocking in the entire NFL so I'm betting no at plus 100. I don't think that uh, Chris Jones is going to record a sack in this game. What would this number have been if he didn't record a sack last game? And you can't really take a one game sample and expedite it out for his expectations. So uh, the first one I'm taking is Chris Jones. No sack in Super Bowl 57. I don't think he gets home and you can get even money for that one. The other one, Hassan Reddick of the Eagles He's a menace. He's been a menace all year. Extremely good. Led the league in sacks outright. If you're looking at Caesar's sportsbook uh, prop for Hassan Reddick to record a sack, it's yes minus 170, no plus 140. I want to talk about alignment really quick before we get into the opportunities. He lined up as what's called a wide nine against the 49ers. That means he's Outside by a couple of yards of the tackle. And if there's a tight end there, he lines up outside the tight end, right? This is to promote a good speed rush. Most of the year he was lined up at a seven, which is just on the outside uh, shade of the tackle versus most other opponents. But to emphasize the speed rush against maybe a slower tackle, they line him up at a wide nine. He's going up against the Chiefs, Andrew Wiley, who's the number one most penalized tackle in football. It's a little bit slower getting off the football. And uh, Son Reddick, amazing at jumping the snap count. So I think, you know, he almost looks like he's offsides on a lot of these plays. I think he's going to have a great advantage against Andrew Wiley. Now let's talk about that DPR, those opportunities. According to Pro Football Focus, he has a DPR on 10.9% of his rushes. That is second most in the NFL just to Micah Parsons. And over 25% of those resulted in sacks. as by far the most of anybody with uh the pass rush numbers. That Hassan Reddick had this season and you look at Patrick Mahomes. his po- uh, past attempt prop is set at thirty nine point five. We're looking at maybe 40 dropbacks, uh, according to the sports books here, which you can deduce about one point zero eight sack opportunities for Hassan Reddick. I don't love laying the minus one seventy juice. That uh, doesn't really get me all that excited. But I would absolutely bet that he gets at least half a sack. Uh, if you can find the number at 0.5, 0.0, uh, .75, I would absolutely take the over. I would absolutely take the uh, the, the yes on Hassan Reddick to get a sack in Super Bowl Fifty Seven.
0: All right, Stephen. I'm I'm agreeing a lot on this show now. If yeah. you if you watch me on beat the closing line, I don't tend to like agree so much. I feel like every so when time- you're
1: late to breakfast tomorrow, <laughs> it's because you went down the Caesar's prop rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I'm betting what all of our guys are betting over at the lines. But I'm actually with Gibbons here on Hassan Reddick to get a sack. Now this guy has been bullying offensive lines all season long, and mm. if you add in this Patrick Mahomes injury to everything that Brett Gibbons just said. I think this play is even stronger. I mean, Mahomes is not going to be able to escape these sack attempts like we are used to seeing him do, running all around, escaping the pocket. Now, we saw him against Cincy struggle with speed, struggle with planting that foot. Mm. I, I really feel like we saw that come together when he had that fumble, right? Like nobody, he just, he couldn't seem to plant on his leg to get on top of that ball. And I just... He was hobbling around two weeks ago. I don't know how good it can be two weeks later. Now, obviously, the NFL has amazing medicine, better than (laughs) we'll ever get in our lifetime, but I still think that that injury is going to come into play, and I think that makes him even more vulnerable to Reddick. so I like that bet here as well with Gibbons. What about you?
1: I don't dislike it, <laughs> but
0: letting me down easy. <laughs> I, I think
1: everybody should consider that if you like Reddick to have a sack in this game, yeah, then you should probably like Josh Sweat on the opposite side of the pass rush to have a sack in this game at better odds. I think it's at least something you should think about. Yep. I know it's hard to get the image of Hassan Reddick mangling <laughs> Brock Purdy's arm in the NFC Championship game out of your head, but that's why the price is what it is on Reddick. Whereas Josh Sweat was one of the five Eagles who had double-digit sacks this year. He also was the team leader in tackles for loss. Josh Sweat gets a lot of pressure, too, on the quarterback. Yeah. And he might actually have the better matchup against an elite Chiefs offensive line. In the one-week link of that potential Chiefs offensive line – where they get penalized more often. The Chiefs, um, Andrew Wiley, is among the league leaders in in penalties from the tackle position. And that's who Josh Sweat's going to have in this matchup. So overall, personally, I'm not betting any sack props because I just have, I think, a lot of respect for both of these offensive lines. They are probably the two best offensive lines in football. The Chiefs are number one in the league in pass block win rate. The Eagles are right up there as well. The Eagles are number one in the league in run blocking. So I just think we have two of the best assembled offensive lines we've seen this entire season playing in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be difficult on both pass rushes, even as good as the Eagles pass rush has been.
0: All right, I like it. Now, before we get into our final few props on today's show, just make sure you head over to the Lions Discord channel. We have a college basketball channel, an NFL channel, a college football channel, where our analysts talk you through their thought processes every week for each respective market.
12: Need even more sports betting insight? Then you're invited to join the Lions.com official Discord. To join, click on the icon on the top right-hand side of the Lines.com. Once you're in, head over to the Rolls channel. Here, you can opt in for free bet alert push notifications from any of the Lions writers. Whether you're looking to bet on the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, PGA Golf, or college sports, The Lines.com is here to help make you a better sports better. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top US sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. to make you a better sports bettor.
0: Now, Steven, we have finally made it to one of my absolute favorite Super Bowl props. Again, a prop that you can only bet in time for the Super Bowl, just like the coin toss, and that is what color the Gatorade shower will be. I think this <laughs> is one of the most fun props that you can bet on, one of the most fun props in the Caesars prop betting catalog. So here to talk us through how he's going to bet it is John Hasselbauer
13: what's going on everyone i'm john hasselbauer golf writer for the but today i'll be talking through my favorite uh super bowl novelty prop on the board the gatorade shower color um prop this is a prop that i have hit in the last two years coincidentally it has been blue for the rams and blue for the bucks but there there are a couple misconceptions before you even consider betting this that you should get out of your head Uh, to not cloud your judgment of which Gatorade shower bath color you are going to proceed with. Um, The first is team colors. There's no correlation. You don't want to bet the red Gatorade shower color just because you think the Chiefs are going to win. You don't want to bet the green color just because you think the the Eagles are going to win. This is the biggest game of the year. Um, This is not a time where the, the the staff is going to be thinking what would be the most aesthetically pleasing color after we've won the game. They're going to pick the most refreshing flavor, the flavor that the team wants to perform the best when they're drinking it. So absolutely no correlation. If you look down the list of trends, uh, you won't see any, any correlation between team colors. I'm not factoring that in whatsoever. Um, and when I mention trends, make sure that you are going to the lines.com Going to props and going to the Gatorade Shower page, we have a page. Every single year, it's updated. It includes the odds of the winner of even the Gatorade Shower bath every single year, um, and it includes uh, other trends of of what happened in those games, who was playing, who was coaching. Um, so all of these things are the essential need to know before you bet this prop. And my favorite thing about this prop is whichever one wins, you're getting good odds. You're gonna the the favorite is usually about plus 250 plus 300 that's what i like about golf betting and that's what draws me to this prop so much because you can bet a favorite at at a 2 or 3 to 1 return if you want you can bet a long shot which i have my eyes on here at 10 to 1 plus and it's viable so i i think that's that's why this is such a favorite also a prop where if the super bowl hasn't gone your way and you've lost every bet you have this one last thing at the end that you can look forward to and as a super bowl better when you're approaching the novelty prop market it's for the entertainment value so that's that's why i love this prop so much uh, now to get into it uh if you look at the consensus odds across the industry uh you're gonna see that uh it's it's either orange or yellow that are that are the favorites my best advice, don't ever bet the favorite because no one really knows what they're talking about. You're just going to get shorted on odds. In, in other cases, you might find that a couple books have one color as as the favorite, one doesn't, and there's really no rhyme or reason behind it. So Now, here's, here's the other thing. Blue has won in each of the last two years. It's not the favorite. You can find it anywhere between three to five to one. If you want to pick blue that's fine. I don't, I don't think we've ever had the same color win three consecutive years, but the odds would show you that that blue and orange are the two most popularly used Gatorade colors. So you could go that route. That's not the route that I'm going to go. My bet, and I'm going out on a limb here, and this is a controversial pick. I'm going to go with the, there will be no Gatorade shower prop. And I'm going to, pause there so that you guys can all collect yourselves because that's probably not the answer that you were expecting but over the last 10 years that prop has hit twice which would give you about five to one odds all things being equal which i think you need to treat this market as all things being equal when did that this prop hit the patriots infamous comeback against the falcons in an overtime win of a last second play touchdown in overtime, everybody rushes the field. There's no time to get the Gatorade out. Uh, and the last time was on a defensive stand before that uh, in the Harbaugh Bowl with the with the Ravens first, the 49ers. Um, defensive stand, there was no time. We didn't know if they were going to win on that play or not. So the Gatorade was not ready to pour. And it was chaos after the, after the clock hit zero, there was no time to get the Gatorade out. So misconception here, if you It's not like betting the under where you're hoping for something to not happen. You're actually hoping that the outcome of the game comes down to the very last play so that there's no time to even get the Gatorade out. The best thing about this prop, you could find this well over 10 to 1, um, making it definitely the best value. You can also find props that are, will the game end with a score in the final play of the game? Um, if that happens, you're all but certain to not have a Gatorade bath because there's just not going to be time. You're not going to have the Gatorade ready. You'd be afraid of jinxing it. If you're lining up for a game winning field goal and and he hits it, you're just not going to have the Gatorade ready. So that, uh, the props of that to, to have the last, uh, play of the game be a scoring play is about six to one on Caesar Sportsbook. So, uh, this, you can find odds nearly double that for essentially the same outcome, if we're assuming that the last play of the game is a scoring play, there's a very small chance that they'll have the Gatorade ready to go. Now, all of a sudden, you're rooting for a competitive game. And if if we do have a climactic finish on a game whose spread is one and a half, could go either way, we do anticipate this being a tight matchup. Then all of a sudden, you're in pole position to not see any Gatorade and cash your ticket at what should be well over 10 to 1 odds that's the best advice I can give you on this prop again I'm not going to force you to say no and abstain from picking uh, a Gatorade prop if you do choose to go another way that's your prerogative but that's how I'll be playing this prop this year
0: I've said it before and I will say it again, but blue, in my opinion, is the only correct choice here. It's I, I mean I think there's a reason that it's the favorite. But if you're if you're a team and Hasselbauer, John talked about this right, where they're not they're not talking about like color. So if we're the Chiefs, we're not choosing red Gatorade or you know. If you're truly choosing on flavor and what the team likes, and you choose anything other than Glacier Freeze, the OG <laughs> Gatorade flavor, then I think. Like, you're insane the red stains your entire mouth like imagine drinking that and then having to do a post-game interview I know that you've really
8: thought about this oh I've thought about it
0: <laughs> I have thought about it now I know that John is doing clear water to me that is depressing if I'm playing the Super Bowl and my sideline has water I'm like I'm, I'm walking back into the locker room so I, I think Orange is an acceptable second choice, yeah. I would say, but to me, it's blue and only blue, now, and I will absolutely be betting that. Now,
1: to be clear, <laughs> John isn't betting clearer water; he's betting no oh, liquid betting whatsoever, no
0: shower, yeah,
1: zero shower. That's he
0: depressing.
1: Close game, maybe comes down to the final play. Not enough time for a Gatorade bath.
0: Oh, <laughs> they just yeah, they just have to skip it because there's so it's yeah. so like that's depressing to me. It's gonna be, I hope it's
1: now, blue. You are not the only one who has gone down the Gatorade bath rabbit hole. (laughs) This also has been one of my favorite props to bet every single year. And I've done far more research than I should probably admit on this prop. Oh. The last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was yellow. Nick Sirianni got a Gatorade bath after the NFC Championship game, and it was yellow. Okay. So if you think the Eagles are going to win probably a good chance that it's yellow or maybe you bet yellow and no Gatorade bath to double uh, to cover your your options there. I don't know what the Chiefs would do if they did. I can just tell you the last time they won the Super Bowl with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it was orange. (laughs) So in my opinion,
0: which is an acceptable second choice. So
1: here's here's my, you know, debate team high school mock trial rebuttal here. (laughs) Miss Russo. What is the likelihood that the team managers have changed the Gatorade order since the last Super Bowl?
0: Since the last Super Bowl?
1: I, mean, I this, mean, we're all creatures of habit, right? We all hate change. Do you really feel like going into the Gatorade manufacturers and say, hey, we're changing the Gatorade uh flavor this year you think
0: they only have one fl- you think they only have one flavor packet the whole season they're just giving these guys yellow the entire season so now
1: we're so so you're saying there might be two Gatorade flavors on the sideline <laughs> and we're just at the mercy of which one they happen to grab
0: I mean maybe yeah like let's give these these guys who are playing the biggest game in the world I mean I think they should at least have some options I mean <laughs> only glacier freeze should be the option but we understand some people don't like that but I mean again we have a Gatorade prop betting page over at the lines.com. so if you want to do your research we've made it very quick for you because we've done all the research we've done all the history for you
1: I'm going yellow and, You're going and yellow. no and no bath I'm betting both of those
0: it's a sad sad day to bet those but <laughs> to each their own maybe we should just bet each other exactly <laughs> um next up we have our gridiron gamble crew to talk us through the super bowl mvp market
14: thanks matt and nicole and hello world! Welcome to Gridiron Gamble. I'm your host, Rich Ron, and I'm joined by the entire collective The Disciple. Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the Resident Moose himself, Mo Nuwara, here to talk MVP odds for Super Bowl 57. All these odds, courtesy of our friends at Caesars Sportsbook. Make sure to head over to thelines.com and get your best offer or bonus available in your jurisdiction. I was very excited for this section because I knew you guys would come with the value, come with the long shots. I know this is a quarterback award. but You guys love to be contrarian. And then ho-hum, two of you give me a quarterback. The one person I am shocked by, the disciple, Brett Colson, gives me a quarterback of the AFC team. Brett, why do you like Mahomes at this number plus 130 to win MVP?
15: Here's my take, and I'll, and I'll dive into this more in the, the Gridiron Gamble podcast uh, this week, but the Chiefs should be favored in this game. I haven't been in the Chiefs' money line. I thought the opener of Chiefs minus two and a half was far more appropriate than where it is right now, which is Eagles minus one and a half. So I immediately go to the Kansas City roster when looking through this MVP market, and typically I do love diving for value in these markets. It's fun. I've hit a long shot Super Bowl MVP before. It was awesome. Uh, the problem with the Chiefs is... And, and this is very much my feeling on the season-long MVP market coming into the season and why I loved Mahomes. If the Chiefs win, it's going to be because of 15. And and that's it. It would take a superhuman stat line from probably a defensive player, like two picks, a pick six, a sack, plus a mediocre performance from Mahomes for voters to give it to anybody other than him. Because the narrative all, narrative all season was Tyreek Hill's gone, the Chiefs pulled people off the street, to run routes and carry the rock. And they still got the one seed and led the NFL in numerous offensive metrics. That's how good Mahomes is. And when you factor in the high ankle sprain, like w- voters are just going to give it to him blindly if the Chiefs win this game. So it's not fun. It's not sexy. But yes, I am backing Patrick Mahomes at plus 130 on Caesars and MVP markets. Uh, and I guess what's nice, if you like that number, it's better than the price you're going to get on the Chiefs winning. Uh, there is, of course, a non zero chance the Mahomes doesn't win, it's always in play, but I I truly don't think there's any value on the Chiefs in this market other than Mahomes, so that's where I'm going.
14: Mo, I know you too think the Chiefs should be favored in this game, and anybody that's been following the Lions power rankings all season probably thinks the same. At what point this season were the Chiefs power ranked ahead of the Eagles? I don't think there was one, so pile on, Mo, with your beloved Canton Patrick LeVon Mahomes II.
9: Yeah, I don't have that much to add because Brett pretty much said everything I was going to say. I think if you want to bet the Chiefs, it's like Brett said, um, taking some plus 130 and kind of splitting your bet here makes some sense to me. I mean, I don't know what the split would be like, maybe 80-20 or 70-30. You know, you probably still want most of it on the game line because that's still... Like you said, there's a non-zero chance, but you're just getting a better price basically on the Chiefs here. And it's just like Brett said, I, I don't see that many scenarios where the Chiefs aren't winning with offense. And if the Chiefs are winning with offense, we know that it's going to be because of Mahomes. So I, I just like can't construct the scenario in my mind where other people are winning on the offense. I mean, you need like splash plays. You need... um you know, some something huge to happen. I don't know. I was trying to think. MVS is the only guy that popped into my mind, but he's. Oh, I honestly, got a splash. I got a splash, buddy. He's, but been I'm more give he's been. He hasn't been running that many deep routes. He he hasn't had that many like you know seventy yard touchdown type of plays. He's been kind of more in the ten to twenty range most of the time. I mean, you look at his A dot this year; it's like four yards lower than his last three years with the Packers. So I, I just. It's just hard to see a scenario where it's somebody other than Mahomes.
14: MVS has bells ringing for DP because DP is blasting like a sawed-off shotgun, and Mr. Cantling is amongst (laughs) that number. DP, spray and pray. Who do you got?
16: I mean, did you guys really think I was going to come in here and just pick some plus 130 (laughs) favorite? No shot. I got Devontae Smith, plus 2,500. I got MVS, as you guys were just talking about, plus 8,000 and then a little taste on Juju Smith-Schuster also at plus 8000. Listen, I prefer him to go boom or bust with the Super Bowl MVP bets. It's not that I disagree with the stuff that you guys are saying in regards to the Mahomes. I just it's the Super Bowl. I think all value is beaten out of all these lines. So if I'm going to hit, let's hit something that's worth it in my opinion. I think all three of these guys have the potential to have a game that you know, is similar to what we saw from Cooper Cup when he won the MVP, from Julian Edelman when when he won the MVP. I mean, th- their numbers weren't too crazy. I mean, Cooper Cup was eight for ninety-two, two touchdowns. Julian Edelman didn't even have a touchdown. It was ten for one forty-one. Why can't one of these guys go off? Specific to Devonte Smith, he's my favorite of these three because of the way that ch- the Chiefs play defense in the secondary, allowing him to go off probably for some deep balls. And then on the other side, I mean, I kind of think Mahomes is going to throw. In interception, and that's one of the props that I'm going to be on. We'll talk about that on the Gridiron Gamble podcast later. I, you guys,
14: you guys don't think that Travis Kelsey is is live for this at at plus a thousand? I know there isn't an MVP award for the divisional round, but if there was, he would have won it. I mean, this dude had no a, shot. This, what are you talking about? He had 14 catches in that game. That doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, come on. This guy is a 33% target share in the playoffs. I agree. I, I'm, I'm not in love with plus 1,000, which is why the ultimate punt, come on, guys, it's staring right in front of you. And you guys gave me some props on this player for the podcast that everybody can listen to for our full selection of, of picks. Guys, it's Kadarius Tony, 150 to 1 to win MVP. The Chiefs want to get this guy the ball. He played 20 snaps against the Jags and had seven targets and one carry. He only played four snaps against the Bengals, had two targets in those four snaps. Andy Reid wants to get the ball into Gadarius Tony's hands. And if this guy busts one big play, that one big play that Moe is talking about, then there could be a sweat here. And in the red zone as well, where they've struggled, where they can't run the ball and they have to create a horizontal running attack... What if he gets one of those pop passes? I was playing. This is what I did last year when I when I touted OBJ. I was playing with with same game parlays and multiple touchdowns for for uh, Kadarius Tony. And I couldn't get near the plus 150 that is available at Caesar Sportsbook. Him to score two touchdowns is thirty uh, 3, four hundred. So, so, so this
15: this one's kind of interesting because you also get special teams. as well, where Mahomes isn't on the field. So I I can buy in. I might actually, I can't bet it because I'm in New York, but this one is actually kind of interesting to me.
14: There you go. And then before we get out of here, Mo, you do have one hedge against your beloved Kansas City chefs. If you were to pick an MVP winner from the Eagles, who is it?
9: I put A.J. Brown, but I looked really hard at Devontae Smith, too. A.J. Brown's plus 1,500. Devontae Smith plus 2,500. It's hard for me to pick one, but I really do think the receivers are better value than Jalen Hurts. Um, Just the way I've seen Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, I think he's really having a hard time getting the ball downfield. So if there's like a huge play for the Eagles, I think it'll be a catch-and-run where there's some tackles broken. Obviously, A.J. Brown excels at breaking tackles. Devonte Smith maybe more of needs to run away from everybody, but he can probably do that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't hate a bet on either one of those guys. I, I think it's much more likely for the Eagles to have some kind of offensive win where somebody besides the quarterback excels. I, I know that shouldn't be a hot take, but the market says it is.
14: And those are our clicks for MVP in Super Bowl 57. All you viewers out there, enjoy the game. Best of luck in your betting ventures steven (laughs) steven nicole sending it back to you in arizona
0: all right steven do we really think a non-quarterback could potentially win mvp this year
1: not for the chiefs I, i think if the chiefs win the super bowl it's going to be really hard for anybody other than patrick Mahomes to win mvp so if In my mind, if you want to bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, I would just bet Patrick Mahomes at plus 130 at Caesars to win Super Bowl MVP. Maybe somebody gets an interception and also gets a second one and returns it for a touchdown, but the chances of that are so small in a game with a total in the 50s. I think the Eagles is where you take some shots at non-quarterbacks. We've talked about the Jalen Hurts injury ad nauseum at this point. Um, There's been a lot of talk around gambling Twitter about Hassan Reddick. Again, if you like Hassan Reddick to possibly be a Super Bowl MVP long shot, why are you not taking Josh Sweat at three, four times the odds on the opposite side? who's just as likely to wreck the game with the pass rush. But my favorite is Miles Sanders. And I'm surprised none of the Gridiron Gamble guys mentioned him because I think of all the non-quarterbacks in this game, Miles Sanders has the best chance to win Super Bowl MVP, which is crazy to say because a running back has not won Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis in 1998 for the Denver Broncos. It wasn't even this century. <laughs> so like. But I think the Eagles are a throwback offense. This We've talked about how dominant they have been running the ball. And this offensive line just throwing Pro Bowl caliber players on the ground in the NFC Championship game for the 49ers defensive front. And we know that when it's a close game, it's Miles Sanders is the one on the field, not Kenny Gainwell, not Boston Scott. So if I'm taking a shot on a long shot for Super Bowl MVP, it's miles sanders
0: thanks for joining us and a huge thanks to caesar sportsbook and omaha for hosting us here at radio row in phoenix for the super bowl now steven you know i'm betting on blue gatorade all the way you are not joining me on that one (laughs) any last words any favorite bets before we sign off i
1: i I think i've given everybody enough (laughs) bets but i will give you a fun fact Something that I don't think many NFL fans know about the Vince Lombardi Trophy. And from my understanding, this is a pretty well-kept secret among teams in the NFL. That when a team wins the Super Bowl, the team actually gets two Vince Lombardi Trophies. The one that they got awarded on the podium, and then the one that they use for public team events when the fans come around <laughs> want to get pictures taken with it can get
0: messed up they bring the replica <laughs> one out They can
1: get the fingerprints on it etc and the only way you can tell the difference between the two is that the one that's awarded on the podium the nfl insignia the shield is a raised logo the replica is a flat logo so there you go there's there your, you go
0: there's your super bowl fun fact that you can say at your super bowl <laughs> party for everyone before we sign off, make sure to head over to the lines.com slash Caesars Sportsbook to sign up for the Caesars sports betting app and make sure that you get your new user sign-up offer. Thanks for joining us and we will see One you prop. next time. There I love go. it. Bye guys.